This is the city. The city of Absalom. The city at the center of the world. Absalom is celebrating the Radiant Festival, a three-month festival of epic proportions held once every hundred years. The celebration attracts all types. Tourists, performers, merchants, inventors, as well as unsavory types, petty thieves, gangs, cults, and criminal enterprises. That's where we come in. We protect and serve. We are the agents of Edgewatch. Hey everyone, welcome to Roll for Combat Agents of Edgewatch. I'm your GM and host, Steven Glicker. And in this week's episode, well, it's time to start another chapter and hunt down yet another lead. Only this time, they get to play dress up. So one thing I found really fascinating with this episode is that I couldn't quite put my finger on how is this show, The Agents of Edgewatch, different from Three Ring Adventure. I know it's different, I know it feels different, but I couldn't figure out how it's different. And sure enough, I finally figured it out. So, there's two different ways to play role-playing games. There is the first-person perspective where you immerse yourself into your character and you play yourself as a character, but there's also the third-person perspective where you, instead of being your character, you talk about your character in the third person. And if you notice in this episode, that is what, well, everyone except Jason does. They don't just talk as their characters, which of course they do, when they're, you know, playing the game. But when Jason tries to engage everyone in a little RPG, instead of them, you know, talking to him in character, they talk to him as the player in a third-person perspective, explaining what their character is all about. Now, what I find fascinating about this is that neither way is wrong. They both have advantages and disadvantages. One of the big advantages of, you know, talking about your character in the third person is you can get a lot of information across very quickly. Maybe that's why this game goes so much quicker, is that they can just say, oh, my character does this, this, and this, and they're into that, and this is their history, and bing, bam, boom, you know, everything you need to know about that character, well, at least in the short term, and, you know, in just a couple of minutes, you can find out everything you need to know about these characters, as opposed to Three Ring Adventure, where everyone plays their characters as their characters. So it really takes a lot longer to figure out, you know, their backstories and what's going on with the characters and where they trained and, you know, all that stuff because it has to come out organically through them talking and through their actions. And it's really gotten me thinking because I just, I never really noticed it until this week. And that's it. This week in Agents of Edgewatch, you will hear them talk about their characters in third person. They just sit there and explain in detail what their characters do. The other way that third person is fascinating is that you can also give out, you know, internal monologues or backstory just by saying it. You don't have to come up with an opportune time within the story to, you know, drop something big on everyone. You can just say, oh, by the way, this is what this is. And there you go. And everyone will know. So I can see, you know, advantages and disadvantages to both. 
but I'm curious how you play and if you even notice that you do it. Now, I think playing in first person is a little tougher. You really have to immerse yourself into your characters. You really have to think about your characters. You have to come up on the spot a lot, especially if you start asking questions in character about your character and maybe you didn't write that down or you don't know exactly you know if they start saying hey uh uh what was your childhood like and you, you don't really know like you only have like a couple of sentences on your character's childhood you have to come up with it on the fly and then take notes and remember that about your character's uh backstory one thing i like to do and i did this with this adventure group is that i give them a questionnaire before the show began i gave them a detailed questionnaire where they had to write out the history of their character and some background on their character, not just so they can flush it out, but so that I know I can sort of use that in the story and come up with character arcs for each of them. And that's something I also recommend, whether or not you're playing as a GM or PC, that you can find these online or you can make your own. There's tons of these, especially for writing workshops or people creating scripts or actors you know it's sort of a bio backstory where you come up with everything from their childhood to their beliefs to their family structure you know were they rich were they poor where they're from do they have sisters brothers are they allergic to anything were there traumatic experiences in their lives what led them to where they are now what's their goals you know all that all that should be written down and you don't need to make it a book in fact, most people were able to get everything down in just two or three pages, and that's it. And that's all you need. But I really strongly recommend, if you're playing a game right now, and if you haven't done it yet, do that with your character. And then whether you play your character as first person or third person, doesn't matter. It's fine, as long as everyone is comfortable with it. I would say it is a little weird that if everyone is doing first person and you're doing your character as third person, that might be a little jarring, that everyone should sort of do it the same way. It is a little odd if more people are first person than third person, although I do think it's fine if one character or two want to be first person, the other ones are third person. I think that's fine. And I am curious what you think of that and if you think it actually speeds up the game. I actually feel it pretty much accelerates the game by not just an episode or two, but hours. I'd say episodes because, you know, in Three Ring Adventure, we have a lot of episodes where we're just sitting around talking and that's it. And we're doing nothing but character development for hours. And in this show, they do character development for about 10 minutes and they're like, all right, let's start kicking doors and kill things. But I will say, as we continue the story, they will drift back in the first person because they will run out of third person items to talk about, which is usually backstory and their history. And as their character develops through the story, they just automatically go more into their character and act through their character rather than explaining what their character is doing or did. Does that make sense? Well, hopefully you got something out of that little diatribe. So with show notes, one thing I want to mention is make sure you go to the Discord channel because I added a new channel for images for Agents of Edgewatch in the spoiler section. So you can see all the maps, you can see all the handouts, what all the monsters look like, everything you ever wanted, because it's really hard to, you know, get a picture of what 
they're doing. You know, if I, I explain these maps, but it, it's hard, you know, you, you don't really know what they look like. But here you can actually follow along. And if you have any questions whatsoever, feel free to write me in the Discord channel, in the spoiler channel. I'll be happy to give you as much explanation, or, you know, the players will too. Uh, Jason's on there all the time. He'll be happy to explain to you what's going on in a certain section of the game. And especially now, because they're getting into an area that is really kind of gnarly. That's what I'm going to say. It's a gnarly area. And actually, all the areas they're going to be exploring really have complex maps. And it really will help if you can see where they're walking and what they're doing. So do check that out on the Discord channel. Also, make sure you check out the Discord channel if you want to play some games. As you probably know, we do games on Discord, play by post. And right now, we've had almost like a dozen games started for the Beginner's Box. So if you want to play the Beginner's Box adventure, head on over to discord.rollforcombat.com. It only requires four people and a GM. So we've got a million signups because usually, usually the society games, they have six or seven people playing. So for this, we only need four because that's all it can handle. So the games have been going fast and furious. It's also not that large, so it's perfect for play by post. And since it is a beginner's box, if you're new to play by post, I would strongly recommend you check it out. You can play a game, see if you like it. And if you don't, you can never do it again if you don't want to. But in the meantime, you can check it out and you get credit for it. So why wouldn't you do that? Again, just go to discord.rollforcombat.com. And then finally, we've been playing games, Among Us and other games, and if you are a Patreon, you can play with us. Uh, just go to patreon.rollforgombat.com, and you too can check that out. But anyhow, with that, let's get to this week's exciting episode of Agents of Edgewatch. Last we left off, you managed to successfully negotiate the hostage situation with the Cobalts. You did a great job negotiating traps, fighting Cobalts, negotiating with Cobalts, rescuing the hostages, and then you found out that the last living person to see five engineers alive was one German Hoff who is a bigwig, a mover, a shaker, someone that you will never, ever manage to get in touch with because you are nobodies. So how do you get in touch with him? You are going to have to sneak into the club that he hangs out at slash lives in and mingle in with the crowd and perhaps talk your way or work your way to meeting him and talking to him. And how are you going to do that, you ask? Well, you can't walk into that club because you're nobodies. You couldn't even barge into the club using your credentials because you're still nobodies. And that club is way too uh, hoity-toity for the likes of you. So you're going to have to sneak in. Lucky for you, there is a secret back door underground. And the funny thing is, this club is actually underground. So you're going to the underground underground. You're going double underground to get to the underground entrance, to get into the underground club. So that's how underground you guys are going. Now, with that, a few things. You got a lot of gold last week. 
Lots of gold. So much gold that I don't even know what to do with this gold. And I see in my notes that Gomez spent 40 of his 50 gold on healing for the party, which means that Gomez is only going to heal himself using that 40 gold from what I understand. Now, I'm not in charge of gold and how you distribute it and who's buying what, but I did find that exactly. a little interesting that Gomez is spending all of his money on party healing. That's all I'm saying. Fight, fight, yeah, fight. Yeah, it's, it's a good thing to say. The, the, there is an issue there. Seth Lipton is playing Gomez, a goblin elementalist sorcerer. Well, I'm waiting for Chris to, like, like say something, because this is Chris's My 10 gold has bought me one heal, so I'm waiting for Chris. John Stats is playing Cadet Dougie McDougal, a human ruffian rogue. Like, it might be all right, because it might turn out to be effectively equivalent to, say, a frontline tank buys a lot of armor, but that means they can absorb more damage, that means other party members aren't taking the damage. You know, it's like it all kind of comes out in the wash. The only thing that, that bothers me is that the stuff that I'm spending my money on are consumables, and that's well, an issue. Tell me what you need, and I'll, I, will, I will take care of you. Chris Beamer is playing Lo Mang, an orc tiefling monk of the crane style. I'll, I'll give you another ten gold. How about yeah, that? like I, I don't, right. I don't think we need anything now. We have to see how the flip flops. But uh, I, I see this as, as a possibly a developmental problem. I'm not for sure. We're gonna have to see about it. No, definitely. Um, like, I mean, it's everything is really kind of cheap right now. But once we sort of get to, uh, you know, to the higher, more expensive stuff, I think it, it kind of scales up, and. Um, you know, then like, you know, we can, we can actually, we should probably after every session, maybe have a, a pool of money for the party. Yeah, I, I, I think generally speaking, some joint strategizing would solve it. Like, like there, like there might come a situation where uh, the, the party as a whole is better off if one of us has this item and, and then I have a certain item and somebody else has a certain item and we have a certain number of consumables around and. Uh, we have to strategize more holistically than individually. Well, there and is. We could do that, really, that, that would be the optimal way to do it. There's no wand, okay? So, right, Steve, but right now it's not an issue. Right now, right, anything yeah. that anything that I might want as an item is is, is too expensive. Oh, it's just beyond our means. Yeah, it's too yeah. expensive. What I'm thinking is, why don't we do this after every session where we sort of get paid? Let's let's take ten percent each and put that into a kitty. Yeah, whatever. Or, or we just do the party healing, like kind of decide what resources we need for healing first. Yeah, yeah, I, I, divide, I think that I think that much more. Buy that first, then divide up what's left. Jason McDonald is playing Basil Blackfeather, a Tengu empiricist investigator. Or, or yeah, or, or I just think like if something comes up, it's like here is an item that is very good for my character. Here are the reasons why it's good for my character. Do you think it's worth the investment? And we have a little discussion about it, and we either get it or we don't. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the other thing is I'm willing to kind of put, you know, put one in the bank that if you need an item and you're a little short, we'll pass the hat and get it for you. I mean, that's that's also fine. And it's funny. It's like, what's individual wealth actually worth? I mean, I'm not going to buy a house. Like, you know, like I'm not, buy, you know, it's like it's like I'm not going out drinking. So it's so like like the only reason for the money, it's another power source for the party to accomplish the the adventure ends. And so it kind of doesn't like there's no point in even thinking of money as being individual wealth. The it, none of the the consumable healing should really ever be used much during the downtime. I think. 
Well, the, well, okay. So let, let, let's examine our priors because because the reason why I brought all these scrolls bought all these scrolls in the first place was because our experience of these fucking long days. Uh, the the it, like like I like my uh, innate casting that like yeah I'll use that first, but that's gone that's gone like it like that's gone a couple that's gone a couple of encounters in, and if we're doing six encounters, the, like. Those scrolls yeah, like, are primary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to just sit around and just heal up naturally, but frankly, we we don't have that many. There's not that money much out of combat healing in, in this game. Like no, you I'm, get I'm once about, per day I'm, for a couple of things. That's not true. It's no, once it per hour. Like it depends. It depends. Like there's the medicine check. Well, first of all, we got the medicine check. We also have the. Um, uh, the badge, right, 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 right. Hands, right. And then at fourth level, I'm going to have holdless the body so that every ten minutes I can heal like eight hit points every ten minutes on my own. And by the way, just another thing, just so that you understand how this works, when you treat wounds, treat wounds works this way. It does two d eight on average, and it takes ten minutes. Now you can't do it again for another hour. However. If you spend an hour on treat wounds, I believe you get double that. So it does 48. So in essence, if you wanted to, and this is how it, it really works usually, is you usually might have an encounter in two, and you wait around an hour or so and heal yourselves in an encounter yeah, two. And, yeah, that, like, and that's the way you're supposed to do it. You guys have just been on the clock a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but like, my, like, like judging from how things go, my presumption has been the, 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 the course of events would be uh, skill healing is the is the downtime healing as much as we can squeeze it in. Uh, my slots are the first few encounters, and then everything after that, however long that day lasts, that's burning through scrolls and potions. Right. Yeah, I mean, basically, from what my experience has been, potions are emergencies during fights. Scrolls are also emergencies during fights. Right, And right, maybe right, top right, off. right. 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 Um, otherwise, you're using treat wounds between it because if you spend an hour treating wounds, you double what you heal. So what you can do is you can actually spend, I believe, ten minutes and then turn it into an hour. So you don't like I don't think you have to spend an hour and then fail. I had to look at the rules, but that's that's how it usually works. You're supposed to just spend. Anyone can treat wounds, though. I mean, I, I don't even think you have to be tra uh, trained in medicine. I think anyone can do it. I gotta check, but um, oh, all you need is healer's tools, and that's it. You do not need to be trained in medicine. So you need to hit a number, though, don't you? Have to roll fifteen. Yeah, you have to roll fifteen, but anyone can do it. So even even I mean, the, there is downside to it. it. <laughs> well, right, there is downside at low levels because if you crit yeah. fail, you actually yeah. cause damage. Yeah, that's that's great. So. Oh yeah, so it says right here: if you continue your check, you can continue healing them. And then treat them for one hour. So you can do your check for ten minutes, and then if you fail, you just stop. But if you do your check for ten minutes and you succeed, you can say, you know what, I'm going to turn that into an hour and double the healing. And then you roll two d8, and then you just double it, and that's how many. So well, let me get uh, healers' tools then, because I don't have those. Yeah, I have do. healers' tools. You 100% do, unless you've been cheating because I have you thieves' tools. So that you've been cheating all this time because the only way you can do battle okay. medicine is if you have healer's tools. Okay, you have to have healer's tools damage. and they're not cheap either, I don't think. They're kind of expensive, I thought. Yeah, well, you started they're... out with nothing, so I'm going to go and say you always had them because you didn't have a single thing to your name, so you could easily have afforded 
healer's tools. So. I was able to afford healer's tools pretty much in my starting kit, so they're not that expensive. They are a couple they're, gold. They're three gold. They're yeah, three, three gold. gold. No, actually, no, that's, you start uh, off with 15 gold. Five gold. Five gold. Sorry. Five gold uh, when you start with 15. Yeah, and you, and you bought nothing, yeah. Dougie, so voila. You what had are healer's the healer's... Tools. No, I, I took a... I took... Well, you guarantee you had it because you can't do treat wounds unless you had healer's tools. So, and you've what's, been treating wounds like crazy. Sorry, you can't do uh, battle medicine. Expanded healer tools. Wow. Oh. There's a for fifty gold. Uh, this kit of bandages is necessary for medicine checks to administer first aid, treat disease, oh, treat it gives poison. Gives you a plus one to your check. That's all. It just gives you a plus one to your check. It's worth Wait. it though. It's where I was about At to say, level. you have no At idea. That, is, that plus one is a big deal. Like, you don't think you're like, ah, plus one, plus, plus one's a big deal in this game. Plus one can make the difference. Look at, uh, look at, um, it's Jason. 5% they ever seen a crit and a not crit. Jason's pretty much always hit because he had that extra plus two. If he didn't have a plus two in every one of those rolls, he would have missed, uh, for all of his, uh, uh the stratagem rolls. So it's a big deal. So, all right. I have here, Jason bought two lesser healing potions with his extra gold. So you have two lesser and one minor. Dougie has two and two. Loman, you have three minor, one lesser, and Gomez has two and two. Is there anything Dougie and Lomang want to get? You got plenty of time. Don't forget, you also have 50 gold pieces worth of weapons and armor at the smith who you saved from Rusty the Rust Monster. Which is wait, on, wait. which is on collateral on loan. Oh, that's on, on yeah, the store yeah. credit. For... Store credit, yeah. So I mean, is that something we have to pay back? No, but whenever that's, you that's want, that's something it, we get. That's, you that's get. something we get. Credit, yeah. yeah like, like, credit. like, 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 right now, if if there's something that would significantly enhance somebody's combat power, that that's fifty, that that's it's... fifty gold pieces that you could buy from a smith. Weapons we, are cheap. We should, we should we should get that. Yeah, well, but I don't know if there nothing. is. But I don't think there no, is. Oh, uh, there is. There is something for me. Are yeah, you talking we're, we're weapons or either one? Weapons, armor, whatever you want. There's good armor. There's special. Let me look it up. Yeah, there's but, stuff. But, there's but that's silver, like, that's like, mithril, all that fun stuff. But that, that's what that's a good example of what I'm talking about about what our approach should be. Like it seems it seems like whatever whatever would finance the best for the party should be like ra rather than saying oh we have fifty so we each have you know like like ten dollars of uh of credit is like no we have we have 50 that the party can use to buff somebody up i would like a suit of full plate mail with gold inlay filigree for the entire 50 gold can, okay. you, can you do that <laughs> you no. can't wear it <laughs> yeah you can't wear it can i can wear it to the, the costume party <laughs> that's true you can wear it to a costume party i can wear it to the party we're going to tonight but, is it, but is, there, is there like any kind of fancy brass knuckles or anything you can get? Uh, no, I kind of already bought those. I have a magical hand wraps right now. What I could buy and what I would like to buy for 30 silver pieces, which is what, three gold, right? Yes. A regular crossbow to go along with my heavy crossbow. Well, you have 50 gold so pieces, so go buy it. Yeah, well, so you said not? there's 50 credit, no? Yeah, yeah. 50 credit. You want to use, the credit? use yeah. the credit? Yeah. Yeah, use it. Use the credit. I'm gonna I want to get a regular because I may because I don't know the heavy crossbow is annoying as hell because it takes two rounds two yeah. actions to fucking load it like the regular crossbow is one action. That's right, and the difference is one d ten versus one d eight. It's not much. So yeah, but 
Man, those crits. And there's yeah, nuts. and there's no yeah. Is there a crit bonus or something? Like is no. there a, yeah. Yeah. crits crit never is, happen. No. Crits, crits are stupid. They're, they're they're no no. Don't worry about the crits. They're they're stupid. I'm just trying to think of like what, like like I I I understand the concept. It's like you have it already loaded, and it's a, it's a musket. Like you 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 fire and forget. Right, like fire and forget. That, that's my right. that's my concept. And the other thing that's great about monk is that I don't need any other weapons or anything or any else to like fight so i could run into combat with the crossbow in my hands and still fight like there's i, I, I don't have to spend actions to draw things i don't have to do any of that so i don't think you can because you have to have, i think you have to have two hands free to do flurry of blows so i don't think you can do yeah that. it's like it meant like like for for the two extra for the potential two extra hit points damage I, like is it worth the goddamn encumber is it worth carrying another object well no i would carry one or the other yeah, you see, I, I would see if it's one or the other. I would have the one that you could use repeatedly rather than one that's like you fire. Right, one. that's why. I'm, that's why. Yeah, I, I, I don't want, think you can do that. You can you can use a monk weapon and use that while you're flurrying, but you can't you can't go in. Well, you have to drop the crossbow. The problem with monk weapon is I think you have to have that monastic weapon's feet. Yes, I think, that's I think right. You can use it without that. <laughs> well, yeah, that's you got to decide which like way you want to go. Well, well, you can go yeah, in. With I, the crossbow. I've already decided that. And then you're gonna have to drop it, and then you can pick it up and use it later. <laughs> so the crossbow is fire and forget, and then you're running an attack. It's, yeah, it's... my my argument for the for the lighter version would be uh, versatility of different types of combat scenarios, like the like where you can be caught in a search in a search where you can't close, where it's a it's a it's a shooting fight, and it would, in that case, much rather you be dealing out damage more rapidly. Uh, I also need you for flanking. This, yeah, I stuck with this very much though. need you for flanking. Well, this flurry of blows doesn't say anything about needing both hands. It just says you can rapidly attack with fist, elbows, knees, and other unarmed attacks. You gain the flurry of blows action. Um, and monks traditionally have been able to do what I had described. It probably says. Yeah, I, I've said. Yeah, I've said it a thousand times. Throw first edition out the window. No, first edition is not. Well, that's why I said they traditionally edition. have that because traditionally they've always had that. So I'm not. Yeah. I'm just. They didn't actually through. explain it <laughs> in the second edition. No, they might. They, so might, they might. they might. They usually right. do it some weird way, like saying, "Well, the monk weapons or the like." They'll do it that way. Like they'll say, "Okay, monk weapons are the only." The only way you can flurry with weapons is with monk weapons and have the feet. Right. You know, there is an archery build, which is in the new book. Yeah. Which is you can flurry with a bow, which seems a little op. Yeah. Is there some kind of snazzy monk? There is projectile that you can just get. Well, they're throwing stars. Kind of, yeah, yeah, they're they're mad. Throwing stars. The only good thing is they count as ammunition, so it doesn't cause an action to, to pull it uh, out. No, no fancy sling staff type thing. There's there actually is, a lot. There's a lot of there's cool. There's like a weapons. Zen archer kind of thing, and they have reach weapons. They have weapons. They do have weapons, but I'm not. I'm not going with weapons. No, no, no. You you, you want to give me uh, flanking? That's what you want to do. I always get flanking. The crossbow is just like sometimes things are up there, or sometimes they're over there, or sometimes right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Sometimes they're, they're flying over the, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're across the chat, the chasm, and that's and that's why I'm questioning the utility of the heavy crossbow because because it's like two for for two points for an opening for an extra bonus on an opening volley, but then you're going to be kind of hamstrung and slow if we ever actually get into a shooting fight. Uh, yeah, more versatility right. for the lighter. Right. Well, yeah, that's why I'm going to buy one, and I'll keep the heavy crossbow if, if at home. <laughs> He's like, and I keep that one in the uh, in the sink. I keep that one out of the bed for when they sneak in and try to get me when I'm sleeping. Dougie, what about you? You have so much. Now, as I said before, 
there is a plus one great pick, which was being used by the battle leader on you, that you can go in and take out of evidence and, uh, you know, give the money equivalent Yeah, I saw it, 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 it. It does. It's not worth it because it's really the same thing. Okay, the, well, it's uh, the same thing as a... Well, no, it's not, I'll tell you. I, I mean, it the does, crit... The I don't crit. believe in crits. I really okay. don't. I, okay, It's it's one out of 20, and it's, it's basically... Not one out of it's, 20. it's not one out of 20. It's not one out of 20. It's, it's, well, 10, of, it's 10 above the number yeah. you need to hit. That's right. It's with the 20 out, being yeah, automatic. Yeah, okay, which right. I've never rolled, which will ne I've never, ever, I, ever I, 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 we, We've seen it happen, though. It's seen it happen a lot. It's more than a 5% chance. My point is, this is what it is. So the maul is 1d12 plus your strength. A great pick is 1d10 plus your strength. But if you crit, it's 1d12 plus your strength times 2 plus another 1d12. So it's 3d12 if you crit versus 2d12 on a maul. That's all I'm saying. That's all, all I'm right. saying. Your decision. And I, uh, no, I'm definitely passing because it, it does one less damage on average for every single hit. So that 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 beats. The there is something that I want. I thought of something that I want for Gomez, which I don't think is in the game. I want something that will that will allow me to cast damaging spells with one action. Oh, that's forget about that. that because, no, because because all no, but all you guys are doing melee attacks left and right, and you're doing uh, and you're doing and you're shooting with like arrows and crap. Whereas it's true, we can my, shoot twice in a round. Right, right. Whereas my yeah, like, you do, you can do that. You get a sling or some other projectile weapon. That, I mean, and then you can cast and and projectile. There's actually a couple. There's of no that, like. There's no like. There's no like expensive wand or ring. Nope. There or, might be a nope. quickness thing, like a yeah. like a meta magic yeah. quickness thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I gotta look at that, that for a very long it's time. No, no. It, it, now, if you want to do anything purpose. from range, you're gonna do it in two actions, basically. Yeah, it's two actions. Minimum. That's how. That's how. It's, it's like how much? How much damage? You're never unarmed. How much? How much does your? How much damage does your crossbow do? One d eight or one d ten? Because I have two. Right, and like so, for example, my uh, fire cantrip thing. Yeah, is... get your fire cantrip gets insane though, and the crossbow never scales. That fire cant cantrip can start doing next level. It's going to be doing twenty points of damage, then thirty, then forty. Uh, I'm not talking about next level. I'm like I'm, t I'm talking about it. I'm talking about its at its base amount. Like, Fair enough. Like it's it's one d four plus my uh, my modifier, which is really damage equivalent. To any projectile weapon, but I my my rate of fire is is once per round. It, like it's basically all my spells are that heavy crossbow. Um, in a way, yeah. Well, you cantrips, you have cantrips. Yeah, all my cantrips are that heavy crossbow. Like, so I was wondering, it's like there's, if there's something like like when I'm like maybe if if like when I'm higher level that I could trade off the higher damage for the for the enhanced effect for uh less casting time so it is essentially equivalent to a, a light crossbow actually right? there's a there's a but there's a couple of things here let's see i mean almost everything has a reload i mean like you can get javelins i mean it's an action to pull it out but you know you can get javelins you can get slings eh, i'm just salty action. i'm just salty with all you melee guys getting like three attacks around and i get i get one shot <laughs> Yeah, but that's just that's you know that's a caster, and then wait, you're gonna be yeah, you know, it is, it is, it is, be bending reality uh, before you know it. 
And keep in mind, you will still have the negative because if you use a spell and then you throw, you know, a, a javelin, that's a minus five for the attack. You still get the attack um, modifier. So <laughs> you, yeah. I would absolutely take the trade of being able to use my little 1d4 damage produce flame with my plus three and get a minus if i and get a well minus on a i'll shot. tell you a lot of things you can use with your plus your your one action that you don't do anything first you could always try to learn about the creature the other thing oh yeah all do, that utility stuff i do that all the time i'm, I'm, I'm strictly talking about uh, okay. damage, damage well if you want to help there's a thing there's a this is actually the pro tip give me the pro tip that you can uh do an assist and if you assist someone and you succeed in the assist role, you can give someone a plus one on their attack. How about that? Mm. Yeah, all that all that stuff is awesome. I'm just talking about like a like a melee like a melee guy or even a ranged guy. Uh, you get multiple attacks with a progressive penalty to for that attack being successful. Uh, me, I'm locked into three quarters of my round being my one shot. It's like that like that that's what I'm talking about. Yep. Wait until you start sustaining things, then you're really going to not be able to move. But Doug, you don't want any. See, see, see. One thing also, though, you gotta, you gotta be careful sometimes when Steve steers you in a direction because when he's talking about picks and malls and things, like you should be thinking light weapons. Like, isn't that your forte? Like, don't you get a bonus? Like, if you hit something, it's the same crit? amount of damage. It, it's, it's honestly the same amount of damage. I mean. Honestly, if I could count on flanking regularly, basically I tried to make my character different from um, uh, with that Mr. Peepers, and I took a I didn't take twin uh, twin faint is something that gives me regular flat footedness when I attack right. the second time, and I didn't take that. I would go straight to a light weapon uh, that I could use two hands, and then get. Uh, plus six damage bonus all the time, but I don't think honestly, there are any two-handed light weapons at all. I don't think that's a well thing. agile or finesse or whatever it is. I I, I need an agile or uh, right versatile. I think to agile get this, agile bonus. agile is uh, you get a reduced minus for your multiple attacks and finesse. You can use your dex instead of your strength. yeah. So but every time I get flanking, I get plus six damage uh, a, a dice for plus six damage. Um, Right, but you know the number of times you know the last time he's up shooting high, the stairs were difficult terrain, and I couldn't get up there. And a lot of time when I move and kill something, it's like it dies in the first hit. So the second hit is like I'm not going to get flanking on that. So flanking is actually a lot more elusive uh, than I realized because it can like be. a lot of, like the crit like the crit bonuses. That's great if I'm fighting the boss, okay, right. and I am, and it's flat-footed, and I get the crit at the same time. And you have to be on the opposite end, and it's just, it's the crit bonuses. I get crit bonuses when I have flanking, um, when it's flat-footed, but it's just, I'm looking at it, and it's such a rare thing because we're fighting lots of little things that go down quickly. So. Yeah, but we've only been. This is only day two, though. So, you, so like a yeah. plan. I, I always will always look for the opportunity to flank. Always uh, says the guy who uses okay. his crossbow. Anyhow, yeah, I know you're you talking know, about all this, this ranged yeah, Dougie, combat. Dougie's <laughs> a plus one maul that does one d twelve points of damage. I, well, that's a pretty good weapon. I mean, yeah, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's good, good. But Steve, yeah, Steve was just uh, pontificating like uh, other things that it has fatal. 
D12. It's actually a, a fatal, 2D10. Fatal is overpowered. Yeah. I think the great pick is a 2D10, uh, and the fatal is the D12. So no, it actually goes D10. the other way. It's no, it's actually it increases. It does both. So oh, it oh, it becomes, actually ups yes. up the damage. Yeah, too. yeah. So it's it's that's what I was saying. It's it's actually not 2D10. It's 1D12 plus your strength times two. Then you get another 1d12. Oh, uh, yeah. See, it's not 2d. That's important because if you roll a 1, <laughs> it's just, okay, you just got to, so you get a 2. You know, if you roll yeah. a 12, you have a 24. And that's a big difference. It's not 2d12, it's 1d12. Now, then you get another d12 on top of it. Fatal is insane. So I'm just saying the pick does have fatal. So that's all I'm saying. But now, now do whatever you I'm, want. That's, the, that's its special crit. Thing. No, is it's not. No, that's a, nope, nope. That's part of its ability. Fatal is just one of its things. It's not special. It just does it. Well, it triggers when it crits. Right. Crit specialization yeah. is a different thing. Crit specialization only happens if you have the feat that gives you the crit specialization ability. And John's character happens to have that ability for for specific weapons. For light weapons. For light weapons, correct. And then so, he gets that bleed, right? Yeah. You get the bleed. Yes. Well, for, for yeah, the specific. It's basically on D4, D4 weapons. Yeah, D4 weapons. Are... But my point is that the weapons have a lot. The weapons in this game are very deep. They're much deeper than they first appear. And John's character is more complex because you have a lot of opportunities to do a lot of things with weapons. All I'm saying is now is your time if you want to try to fool around and you got a lot of gold. Because once you go down, down there, it's whatever you find or do and... Who knows what's going to happen? So I'm just, just letting you get the opportunity. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not right. the bad guy, man. I'm just trying to help. I mean, you always help. You walk, help. walk around with saying. the damn dart for saying. all I care. <laughs> it, it is interesting. The in weapons game, are actually pretty balanced, though. Yeah, it's, and it, it's, seems, it seems like in this game, a lot of them have, have the long tail, as it's called, like the in probability statistics, where uh, you'll have the bell curve, but then there's the uh, but there's the extreme case that something crazy might happen, and the long tail is uh, like how far out that can go, like how crazy it can get. So it's like you know, like yeah. normally your mall or whatever, this does this damage, that does, does damage, but then you get a lucky roll and then you're in crazy land. Yeah, and unfortunately that goes both ways because the yeah. crazy land. Um, I have downed many a character with uh, oh you're getting attacked by a. Uh, a low-level hawk. Okay, crit, crit, you're dead. I'm like, what? What just happened? It's like, yep, round one. And, that's, what, that's what happened with those, that, that trap of those darts. Yep. So, is there anything else anyone wishes to buy while we have some time? Now, don't forget, you have all afternoon. And I think you guys should chat a little, because who are you? What's your backgrounds? I hear, uh, Basil, you, uh, your parents run some shop and you're big into tobacco. And Dougie, what's your background? All I know is that you sure love the law. And Gomez might have some weird backstory. And Lomang, Lomang, Lomang definitely has a backstory. I imagine you guys want to know at least a little bit about each other. Just even if it's five minutes. I, I, I need to know because I don't even know. Well, this tattoo, I had it removed. That was the Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah, but at least you delivered the bomb. <laughs> yeah, Dougie's gonna spend most of. He has an eight charisma, so he's not like the. He, he's not the most social person in the world. He spends a lot of his time reading, and uh, he, let me go through some of his uh, 
He has a lot of uh, books on his reading list. On his Kindle, he has um, Index of Criminal Motives. And he's going to use this in his investigation. Just like step-by-step guide to solving mysteries, that type of stuff. Uh, and he's looking for opportunities to apply these uh, uh, these lessons that he's that he's going to do. So, what you're going to see, Dougie, is he's going to be uh, uh, just you know kind of like memorizing, almost like the way you would a, a, a monk or an ascetic <laughs> memorizing a religious text. That's kind of like his. Uh, uh, you'll you'll, fi- you'll find him with the uh, the joy of clean living on hand. Dummy's Guide to Investigating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, investigation for idiots. <laughs> Anyone else? How, do, how did you how did you decide you wanted to be a agent of Edgewatch? Um, well, I did want to move to the, uh, the the big city and fight crime there. That's I actually fought to be placed here. I actually fought to be placed here. So I was, uh, I, I had like to cross physically? the, Physically? Uh, Did you have to beat somebody up? Well, no, 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 no. It's, 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 I'm not from Absalom and I had to cross the, uh, the way, like, I, I could have just, like, stayed and, you know, um, but I just, you know, he's, he's a cadet, you know, that's, that's basically his story. That's, he's, he's trying to prove the world with the, uh, with the, 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 the youthful naivete well, I also have an e-cruising, you know. So, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so why is your current? Oh, is it? Are you? Are you? Uh, why? Why is your cruise? Well, so I'm, I'm off-putting to look at. I mean, it's very. Uh, there's only. I'm sort of unique. Like, there's not too many orcs that. Oh have yeah. Yeah. Devil blood in them, which is what I have. Uh, diabolical blood. So, yeah, which is thus the uh, cloven hooves. And the uh, small horns. I didn't. I didn't want to make a big deal of that, but you are kind of an imposing figure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and that, that served well for his early life when he was in the Orc tribe. It was actually considered a, a uh, plus, and because uh, he was better than most and good in combat. And um, what do you do in your downtime, though? Like, like you're walking around like a circus freak. I mean, <laughs> how dare you? It is. It is Absalom. So, I mean, you're not. Right, totally out. It of is, place, this is but... a one place that I would be accepted would be a big city like this, where there's all kinds of crazy, especially now during the festival. But um, a lot of times, his off downtime, you don't see him around because he is often outside of the city at his monastery, the Mang Temple. Oh, study, where he perfects his crane technique, and he's got the big nice. tattoo of the crane on his chest with a bloody beak and red eyes. And uh, yeah, he so he spends a lot of time there. He he was uh, redeemed there. He was taken in, uh, trained, and he he spends a lot of time going there. So we're all academics, kind of. Basil, you're you're academic, aren't you? You're like uh, you, you, I, you study. Yeah, I suppose so. I was actually going to be studying law, but I I just kind of I don't know. I felt disconnected from the real world. I figured I want. I decided I wanted to try something. <laughs> different a little more immediate that would be of more use to people and gomez you're a you're 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 a you study right yeah 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 because uh yeah he's all sort of magics he's all into two uh uh and it's weird it's actually a little like sorcerers and monks similar because like whereas monks are are have like the whole key angle 
on their energy source. Uh, saucers, they also have that mystical element, whatever they're, uh, whatever, whatever's creeping around their blood, that arcane energy that's creeping around their blood, or primal energy in my case. Right. And it's all about, it's all about in, like, uh, internal meditative, you know, develop, development, like your personal it's, development. It's innate and it's not, yeah, book, yeah, it's yeah. not the book learning. Yeah, yeah, right? I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm envious not, because, uh, you know, I'm envious because I've been trying to study magic, but all I've gotten as far as, these cantrips I haven't, it's, it's not easy to pick it up i thought it would be i thought it would be more easy than it was but it's kind of tricky yeah it's not easy. not easy so our our motto as a group is the more you know yeah yes just, the more just, you know the better you are <laughs> the more you know it's it's applied academics is what it is it's applied knowledge that's that's our credo. We are the and think, I know my the guy, think like, tank. <laughs> ever since he got yeah. his life together, like ever since he ever since he quit the gangs and joined the force and got his life together, uh, he's a little bit like Sherlock Holmes. Like if you ever read the Sherlock Holmes story, like when he is not on a case, he falls apart very quickly. He like the boredom just takes him, and he's all oh, wow. he's, like he's all into the cocaine and the drugs, and <laughs> that's like, right. just looking for something you, to distract you him. Take until he to gets the drink. Case. Right, yeah, and so and so it's like it's like when he's not working on it, when he doesn't have, when he like, when when he can't just work on his sorcery, and that doesn't satisfy him, and he doesn't have a case, he the the, the boredom gets him, and like the, the it, it's like he just he just falls apart, and he's a mess in, in his room. It's like until like until there's a new case or or, or something that that gets him back in the game, and that and then he, and then that that's. He's instantly snaps out of it and is uh, and is on the job. Well, if that's the case, Dougie's going to try to uh, pass off one of his uh, favorite books, The Complete Daily Chores, on uh, onto uh, Gomez. Hopefully, you can uh, take something you know out of it. You might like learn you know from its from its uh, text. Maybe you can apply that to your life. Maybe it'll help. Have you heard of Dianetics? Yes. The power, the power of matter over mind. Diuretics. <laughs> Diuretics. It's like a shrimp or plate or plate of shrimp. And Basil, Basil also has a large collection of pipes and tobacco, from what I know. I don't approve of such things. You have to have a clean mind, clean body. Well, un- unfortunately, it's a bit of a family business. Uh, my father actually got his start as a tobacconist, so. He's since gone on to bigger things. He's kind of gotten into local politics, but we actually started our, we made our family fortune uh, running a tobacconist and a tobacco farm. And so it's, it's kind of, you know, I kind of picked up the habit, even though I probably shouldn't. It's probably not the healthiest thing, but a good pipe every once in a while is still quite relaxing. <laughs> It would be the the Sylvan Bounty is the yep. specific brand. Perhaps you've heard of it. Ah, uh, yes. So you have money, hey? Um, well, my family has money. I I uh, I'm not sure how they're gonna take the current situation since I'm well. Haven't told them that I left school. Um, and we're, well, Uh-oh. they probably they, they, they we're between classes oh. right now, so they may not. No, just yet. Um, I'll I'll sort that out once I, you know. Hopefully, I'll be able to get enough of a start in this career that they'll be understanding. But I haven't really. You should absolutely keep up 
the pretext and illusion that you're in school. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You should keep that up for as long as possible. We'll back you up. We'll back you up. Like one of us could pretend to be like an administrator of the school. Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sort of figuring out how I'm going to handle that, but I appreciate the, I appreciate the support. <laughs> That's how you could uh, finance your adventures. You could uh, send them bills from the school and have them redistribute the funds to <laughs> rob my tuition account. There, there you go to buy healing potions. <laughs> That'll be a better use of your money. It's kind of an education. It's the it's the school of real life. The school of hard knocks. All right, so you guys sitting around, and you are officially Red Squad. The more you know. Dun, dun, dun. You're all learned. You know what? You all have a little bit of Holmes in you. You have Basil, who's the uh, imperialist with his tobacco. You have Gomez, who's into the opium. You have ha. Dougie, who's into the reading. And you have Lomang, who's into the internal meditation. And between you all, you might make a Mycroft Holmes. Not not quite Sherlock. <laughs> I, I have I have the uh, I have the Kareem Abdul Jabbar book. I still have to read that. I heard it's really good. I heard he's like an excellent. I'm going to find out at some point. I just haven't had a chance to read it yet. So with that, um, you you eventually get what you need, and Olo comes up to you and says, "All right. So since you're going to be going underground and you know sort of." Check out the high-profile lowlifes at the speakeasy. Uh, I need you to go to wardrobe and find a costume, whatever you need. We got we got a huge selection, and he walks you over to wardrobe. And sure enough, it's an impressive collection of clothes and costumes kept precisely for this purpose. You see things like garish jester outfits. You see chic cocktail dresses. You see tuxedos with tails you see anything and everything you could ever imagine dozens and dozens line the rack on the walls of the vast walk-in closet and olo goes on to explain that i believe you can uh, wear your weapons and your armor in the house of planes without raising too many eyebrows but obviously edgewood uniforms are going to totally have to go and make sure those badges keep them on you uh, but just, you know, inside uh, your clothes, like, uh, you know, well, underneath uh, undershirt or something, something that it won't be too detected. And uh, don't worry, I don't think they're going to search you or anything like that. So obviously keep yourselves out of trouble, because if they do, well, the jig will be up. But make sure that you dress to impress. The flashier, the better. So is there anything that catches your eye? Now is your chance to shine. So I linked a uh, picture of a dress outfit that Lomang would like to wear, something that looks like that in player chat. Oh, that's very nice. That is outstanding. Why don't you describe that? Oh, you literally are... Is that the man with the golden arm? No, no. It's just it's something that caught my eye and just when I was looking at some different cool outfits. And uh, it's like a black vest with all sorts of like 1970s uh, kung fu filigree chains that are like around the top of it and like around the waist and stuff it's it's and then orange sleeves with like gold wrappings around the forearms and like a gold headpiece that holds your hair and earrings and stuff of course <laughs> yes um well aren't you bald? oh no you have a you have a, a top knot so yeah. you, you find you find an outfit that looks just like that 
It's a looks like a uh, uh, like a monk, a temple monk type outfit. But yes. you throw together some chains. You throw together a silk shirt. You throw together a top knot, and before you know it, you have that outfit, and you look just like that picture. Nice of problem. I like presentable. <laughs> What about the other the other three of you? And there's all shapes and sizes. And there's actually an old woman there who will use her magic to help make the clothes fit. Sort of an advanced uh, prestidigitation to adjust the hemlines and the the waists and the shoulders to make sure they fit your different shapes and sizes. I assume Basil might even have a few outfits of his own that might work. Wow. Basil is just going to... He's going to take coming one of from his... A slightly fancy, coming from a slightly fancier background. That's right. He might have something of his own that will fit. He has right a in. puffy shirt, maybe? Possibly. <laughs> He's wearing the puffy shirt. I don't want to be a pirate. Though he will have the... He will display the uh, the Sylvan Bounty tobacco pouch. Since it's a, uh, you know, a well-respected brand. And, uh... All right. So Dougie disagrees with the captain's instructions. Or rather, he doesn't disagree. Um, his um, his favorite, the, the the interrogators search for truth. Actually, no, no, no. A step by step guide to solving mysteries. It tells you to not wear flashy outfits if you want to uh, investigate and blend in. So he's not going to do that. He's going to be. He's going to find the drabest costume, like uh, what, just like any other. Um, uh, I guess nondescript, just bland businessman type of uh, costume, and he's going to see how that works. You kind of find a, a three-piece suit, like a wool tweed. No, sort of, no, no, way too even, flashy. Not, way, way too, too flashy. flashy. Oh my god, you have to tell me that. What What are you going to get? Well, I, I thought he was he's going to dumber tux, the, the brighter. Oh, that's even better. Right no, nothing flashy. <laughs> that, I think that's nothing fancy, flashy. nothing nice, just bland merchant type of like, not even merchant, just a bland uh, drab type of uh, outfit. That's just what, what a ruffian would wear, what a crime boss would wear, what like just kind of a, a mush of of anything so nothing's gonna like stand out okay you were you were so nondescript that you fade into the wall uh you're wearing like taupe you're like you're you're very soothing. yeah you're very yeah. soothing to look at ba basil just walked off the stage of hamilton basically <laughs> what about gomez right i absolutely wear a black outfit with uh red cuffs red belt uh, red designs on the legs, just like the character Oz from the Myth Adventures uh, novel series. And I, I posted oh a picture. Oh my god. Myth Adventures. I love the Myth Adventures. Those are great books. <laughs> I hate to say I love guys, every single book. Google, Google Myth Adventures, Phil, uh, Phil Folio's art, Nice. And you will see, you will see what uh, what little Gomez looks like. Yes. Yeah, so now we'll do the roll for combat. We have the movie academy, uh, movie club. Now we have the book club, Myth Adventures, and I actually recommend his other book if you ever read uh, Fool's Company. I really liked that series a lot until he died. 
<laughs> and no more books were put out, which kind of stunk. But cool, I like that. I never even heard of that. Myth Adventures. It's very funny. It's actually very, very good world building and very funny. How many how many uh, episodes do we have to go before we start recommending like operas and stuff? <laughs> La Bohème. That's an opera. Uh, I think it's gonna be a while <laughs> since I know nothing about. Fair opera. enough. So um, okay, you all find what you need. You all have the outfits. And the old woman takes care of adjusting them, making sure they fit you all. Except for Basil, who has his own outfit. So you're not going to be going until around 10, 11 o'clock at night. So is there anything else you need to do before you head on out? And Sherex gives you directions to how to get to the underground underground. Any questions about your mission? Any questions of what you need to do? Any notes? Um, if we're literally going underground, I'm going to memorize light instead of shield as a spell. Well, it's not the new day yet. So just so oh, you okay, know, sorry. Right, I not... completely can see in the dark and low light. Oh yeah, Sherrick Sherrick does does mention you. Oh, by the way, it is completely black down there, so you are going to need light sources or some way to see. Oh wow! Oh, can we That's go get brutal. like a little uh, like sunrod or whatever? Yeah, sure, definitely. I don't think I have one of those, so I want to go buy one real quick. Uh, or or ever burning torch. Well, sunrods be easier yeah. to conceal on your person or whatever. Sunrod. That's right. They are. Yep, one foot long gold tip rod that glows after it after it's struck on a hard surface for the next six hours. It sheds bright light in a 20-foot radius and dim lights for the next 40 feet. Wow, that's actually really good. That's even better than the torch. How much are those? They're, oh, they're three gold, though. They're pretty expensive. Well, oh, got, I mean, I'm going to buy at least one. That's pretty... so. Three gold. I'm just going to get a um, torch. We're going in a sewer again? Is no, that... you're not no. going in a sewer. You actually are going... You, you can ask your good old friend who has now become quite quite a source of information Sherrix, that was the cobalt she negotiated with she goes on to explain that yes you're going to be uh, in the undercity and the undercity is well as you know Absalon's been like built up over the years and there's city built on top of city on top of city this is sort of a, an old part of the city that's been abandoned for hundreds of years there's there's old buildings down there collapsed buildings collapsed walls things like that so uh, yeah it's it's just a uh, old abandoned city that you know it's, the ceilings are about maybe 8 10 feet tall there's no light or anything uh, but the entrance I'm bringing to you know, you should be able to get to the back door of uh, of the club it's maybe a couple hundred feet no problem all right i just want to know if i'm going to get dirty because uh gomez you have pressed you have the mat you have the magics that can make me clean and my clothes i, I, I do my, my fancy clothes yeah i don't want to get them I too do. dirty good i like that okay so Basil, you're buying a sunrod. Yeah, I get it from the commissary or whatever. You get it from commissary. Okay, sunrod, you got. Anyone else buying light? Nope. I'm just taking a torch. A torch? What's a torch? Okay. That's so crude. Yeah, I think Gomez probably can look see in dark. Do you have dark vision, Gomez? I I do. Yes, I have dark vision and uh, low light, which is weird because I didn't think you could have both, but I do. Yeah, you have dark vision and well, you have both. If you have yeah, one both, or the yep. Other. Yeah, because of my my uh, 
tiefling. Well, do you have dark vision, Gomez? I do have dark, dark vision. Oh, yeah, full dark vision. Oh, crap. Wow. Goblin. All right. Yeah, these humans are inferior. It's true. How about Basil? Uh, dark vision or no? I think I want to say I want to say low light. I don't think dark, but yeah, I have low light vision. Well, low light will not help you with uh, no vision. Pitch black. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's better. But it's better than nothing. That is true. Okay. It's, it makes dim light as if it was normal light. Okay, Basil, you have your sunrod. Dougie, you have your crappy torch. Anything else you wish to do? Torch one copper. <laughs> it's nice literally it's literally like a piece of wood he picks off off the ground. Just because it's cheap doesn't mean it's useful. I mean, it's it's it does a purpose. You can also ignite oil and stuff with it. You can actually use it as an improvised yeah. weapon too. Indeed, it's kind of tough to do that with a sunrod. Yes, the sunrod sunrod is uh, not fancy. So, is everyone ready? Anything else to wait? No, but wait, what's the, what's the plan now? I forget the overall arcing plan that we're supposed to go in. My understanding is we infiltrate, we find the individual, and then we... Hoff, are, we need to talk yeah, to him and, about and the missing are, And then we RP races. some information out of him, and, 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 I'm kind of, and, and then things get hazy for me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure what information was supposed to get for him. What we're supposed to do. It was the missing stonemasons. We need to find it. Because he was the last person to see them because they went to negotiate better lodging. Right. See, in absence of Bob, I started to take better notes. Excellent. So, yes. Sergeant Olo gives you one last piece of advice before he sends you off. He's like, okay, don't forget. You've been going to this lodge, and I don't know what's in the House of Plains, but from what I know, they're holding a really big shindig to celebrate the Radiant Festival, and everyone who's anyone is going to be there. So make your way through. Obviously, try to find our target, but if you can find anyone else to talk to, who knows what other information you're going to find. Don't forget, you do have a list of other people that have uh, been missing. Obviously, we want to talk and find out about those last five stonemasons, which he saw before they disappeared. But we have uh, the mysterious couple from the zoo that are gone. We have that wizard that's gone. We have a whole list there, and... uh, you know, see what you can do, but very carefully, very gently. But these people, they're high enough that they might be aware of certain things going on. Maybe people have certain, I don't know, uh, strange requests or uh, bizarre hobbies that uh, would be linking them to these disappearances. Just be careful in there. That's all I'm saying. Oh, and good luck. I'm not bringing either crossbow with me on this thing. No crossbow. Check. everything else. Okay. So with that, you go over to Absalon's very quiet Eastgate district. And sure enough, you see the main entrance to a dive bar called Mulligan's. And for a dive bar, you notice that there's quite large and heavily armed guards for such a place. And you know that this is the secret entrance to the Blue Tower. And that the back door is nearby. So you walk a little bit over to the small neighborhood graveyard where there's a cemetery dubbed Raptor's Rest. And you can see stylized headstones of several Eagle Garrison members buried there. That is a uh, elite city guard, by the way. So sure enough, you 
head over into Raptor's Rest. It's a nondescript plot of land crammed between buildings in one of the less influential sections of Eastgate, with its graves packed so close together there's barely any room for grass between them. And you go to where you're instructed, a very large mausoleum in the cemetery center. The door is unlocked, and you go inside. You find what you were looking for, a nondescript sarcophagus, with a hidden staircase leading down the secret undercity entranceway mentioned by the stone scales. What do you want to do? Uh, we proceed down. Well, I guess I'll crowd crack my sunrod too for life yeah follow it down seems like okay uh i'm gonna turn my uh torch on flame on flame on turn on your torch you turn on your sunrod you see a five foot wide staircase that descends down 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 several stories until it empties out into a landing that is where you are at the masonry of the staircase ends at the entrance to a cavern carved out of countless layers of rubble and ancient city buildings oh we're all the way over here exploration mode activated yes black dougie's light is twinkling in the darkness basil giving off nice strong bright light are we heading south I think that's what there's no other way to go. I go. As you head down the stairs, you see to the west a subterranean passage that splits into two tunnels, one to the west and one to the north. Wait, Uh, exploration mode. No one told us we'd have a choice. We were told to go uh, west. That's okay. Let's go west. That of course makes me want to go north. Exploring, exploring. Well, yeah. As you as you continue to explore, you head into a cavern. The floor of this broad cavern appears to be strangely clean and polished. Even the debris of the crumbling building facade to the west is devoid of dust and dirt. To the south, a narrow tunnel has been carefully walled off with white bricks. To the north, a crevasse yawns in the floor and stretches underneath a northern wall. Just east of the pit lies a small heap of gleaming armor and weapons in the middle of a tunnel that leads northeast. Guys, there's a whole... Actually, what is my uh, range with a torch? Let me find 40 that feet. Out. 40 feet? Yeah, it's automatic. So it's actually on your character. That. Whatever oh, you okay. see, so what it's... you see, I, it's built into your character. And actually, oh. Basil's light is 60 feet, so his is giving off even more light. The program will only give you 40 feet of light. So if you go into a very large room, you're not going to see, and you're not going to see what you can't see. If that makes sense. What, what were our instructions? What were our directions? West, young man, go west. Yeah, but there's treasure north, guys. Uh, this might be. Uh... Uh, somebody's uh, oh, lost this treasure. Okay, Ghostman runs to the west, ignoring you all, and finds. I, I a... walk. I walk casually to the west. <laughs> he finds a wall with white bricks. I give it a visual examination. Something was walled up. They had a reason. I tell you, a reason. Uh, you can't tell anything. Your perception sucks. 
So, Basil, do you think there might be a secret door here? Yeah, there, there's that should be inspected as I'll well. I'll come over can and take a look. So we've well? gone as far west as I'll we I'll take could, a look right? at the wall. See what I can see. Wait, someone mentioned treasure somewhere? To the north? Yeah, to the northeast of us. We should go check nobody that wants out. So, so Basil and Dougie look at this wall. It's uh, It's reinforced. It looks like this was put up to hold the cavern together. It looks like it's a uh, support wall. It's a retaining wall. Yeah, a retaining wall. Load bearing wall. Yeah, you probably don't want to bring this one down. Uh, And then, of course, in in front of you, you can see the remnants of ancient buildings. These walls were obviously walls of, well, rooms and buildings and God knows what from hundreds of years ago. They're actually really strong and in excellent shape. Uh, To the very far west, well, there's caverns. And there's no more way to go west, as you can see. It's just a cavern wall. There's obviously rubble all around the ground that Dougie's now on. And Loman can see treasure right there. Ah, oh, uh, yes. You, you can't move if there's a wall in your way. You're going to have to you have to move carefully through this area. What is this area? This uh, seems That's to a be wall. a little nook. Yeah, it's oh, a little okay. nook. That's actually, you are inside of an old building. And that is the uh, doorway. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna search this area too. Perception check on this door, this section. Stop. Stop. No, not good. Oh no, the greed. (laughs) The The greed. greed. Um, I was gonna say look for traps. Gomez decided to uh, walk over and saunder over to the treasure. And that, that's exactly what they're doing. I'm saundering around. That's exactly you're saundering what around, and this looks quite nice. You see a full plate of armor, a tower shield, a mace, and they all seem to be emblazoned with the large holy symbol of Osmodeus himself. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Woo-hoo! And um, as you walk towards the treasure, you you realize that you just walked inside of something. It's large and gooey. And you realize, oh, oh no. no, what am I inside? This can't be good, can it? And the answer is, no, it's not. I am prepared for an off-brand gelatinous cube. Is it, is it a <laughs> oh. or a mimic? It's gelatinous cube. It's oh, combat. Oh, it is a cube. Yike. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, Agents of Edgewatch. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us and play various games on our Discord channel at Discord.RollForCombat.com.